RSL open their League's Cup run with a win against Seattle, but lose to Monterey. You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. What is going on, guys? This is Dax from here at the riot um and we are an rsl podcast we're not your favorite ones well (laughs) i don't know we we might be your favorite ones but we're not gonna say that we are because that sounds conceited um giving you a slow clap (laughs) you're like you're like you listened to what i what i said before um couldn't have said it better myself um but i am here with josh he needs no introduction because he he came in before I introduced him but he is here and he needs no introduction but he got one anyways how how are you doing tonight Josh good took a took an entire day off work wow cuz i was sick yesterday too uh, but uh, you know what feeling better <laughs> he's still committed to the podcast yeah That's... well I don't know. It's one of those where, like, first thing in the morning, you feel terrible. Yeah. And then by noon, you feel, like, pretty okay. But at that point, half the day's done, and it's like, I'm going to go into work for half a day. Maybe I should just rest up and take another nap. So... Bro, see, I feel that, but, like, when I wake (laughs) up and I'm, like, not sick, I'm like, should I just go back to sleep and not go to work <laughs> you know you ever you ever well, feel like that uh definitely but i don't usually do it <laughs> and then i remember i work in corporate america <laughs> yeah thanks capitalism i am lucky that i can just be like i'm not feeling it today yeah and if i wanted to i could work over the weekend which wouldn't hurt but anyways um yeah, feeling good. Sweet. <clears throat> so, news. Let's jump right into it. Get get, um, get right into it. Let's go. We got a lot to cover. So, first off, Diego Luna was interviewed a while back by Transfer Market. I actually haven't watched the interview. I just thought it was cool because I didn't even know they did interviews. No. So... This is new. Yeah, how about that? Um, And apparently, he's getting a lot of interest from quote-unquote important people. That's what Brian Dunseth said. So The right people. Yeah. So I I think this offseason, we might receive some offers for him. And it'll be interesting to see whether we deem them worth shipping him off or whether he stays for another season. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm honestly not sure which way it'll go. Well, but, I mean, uh, it all it really does depend on the offers because we spent, what, 250000 on him? Yeah. So, like, if someone's going to offer us, like, $10 million, that's a that's a huge return on investment. Um, I think we'd do it for ten, but I don't know that he's proven 
like I don't know if he's been consistent enough to be receiving that type of. Yeah. Like may maybe if he finishes the regular season strong and continues to be a crucial piece for us. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think yeah I don't know, I'm I kind of hope that like he gets interest, but it's not it's not enough, and we get him for another season, at least another season. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know; someone might come in throwing a lot of pressure. And I'm gonna compare him to Cade Cowell because I think that's the the best comparison we have. Um, there there have been rumors of Cade Cowell going to Europe for years now, and it's just never materialized. Yeah. So, I mean, Diego Luna could turn into that, but I mean, honestly, he's performing much better than Cade Cowell at the moment. Like, I think he's got higher potential than he. Cowell. He definitely does. Like, yeah, they're and they're they're different kinds of players as well. But Luna's he's got a more complete game than Cowell does. Yeah. So, and I think even if, like, Cowell, even though he hasn't like had an offer, it's clear that like he's being monitored. Yeah by clubs overseas and i think that it's pretty safe to say that diego luna is on the radar and is being monitored yep at this point by clubs in europe well he probably has been on the radar since the the under 20s world cup to be honest oh yeah probably and this is just kind of strengthened that because he did well in the the world cup and now he's doing he is like an integral piece of the attack for RSL and a big reason why they've been so successful in their past few games. So, and I think it's crazy that he played as a nine in the World Cup. We're playing him as a wing, and yet whenever someone asks him about it, he's like, oh, "I'm most comfortable at the ten. So, like being able to play any of those places, yeah. pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. Any team can look at that and be like, "We'll just shape him to fit where we need him," you know. I mean, I feel like we've been saying it this entire time. He's he's a really good player, and the fact that he couldn't break into the starting eleven is it was kind of a shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but now now he now he is, so we can't complain about anything, right? Yeah. Well, back then Gomez had a really strong start to the season. That is true. Well, and I don't think we thought that him and Gomez would be competing for the same position. In fact, I remember us being like, "Why are we playing him at the ten? Why right. are we playing him yeah. as a you know as a, as a true uh, number ten and playing a diamond in the middle, just like the good old days?" But I mean, he's worked his way into the starting eleven, and it's worked <laughs> into the way that Master Wenny has wanted to play. So I think that's why he didn't play at the beginning of the season. Because Pablo was like, we're going to play the 4-4-2. Yeah. And he and he wanted to be Luna, one of the center mids. Maybe. Or, you know, maybe it took him a while to, like, be like, okay, fine, we can try me on the wing. Or maybe Pablo didn't see enough from Luna to prove that he was ready to play on the wing. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, that, that's fine. I'm not upset about it really and well and he's done really well so as long as he keeps performing like that i'm i 
I want to I I want to keep starting him because I like him, but also I'm he's performing better than Gomez or any other wing that we have at the moment. So I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So yeah, um, probably a good interview. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we should probably watch it at some point. Yeah, I might actually. Yeah. Um. So moving on, some Real Monarchs news. Uh, they're doing like a international invitational type thing, MLS Next Pro Invitational, <clears throat> and they played Crystal Palace two, and. I actually caught wind of the starting lineup for this one before it happened, and I was able to watch the second half because there were a lot of first-team guys that played in this one. Yeah. So they started Palacio, Hidalgo, Gomez, Jocasin, Paul, Nyman, and Beavers. Quick, just just a question. When did this take place? Uh, This was probably a week ago now. Okay. Last last Wednesday or Thursday, because they played Hoffenheim Monday night. Okay. Yeah. Or no, it was Friday night, I believe. Yeah. They played Crystal Palace 2 Friday night, and then they played Hoffenheim Monday night. Because I'm just um, wondering, because, and we can talk more about this when we actually start talking about the Monterey game, but I think that some of the players looked tired <laughs> in the Monterey game. Mm-hmm. And that's just interesting that they played some first-team guys. Anyways, that's all I yeah. have to say about that. Did did Hidalgo start the Seattle game? No. Anelli started the Seattle game, but Hidalgo started the Monterey game. Mm. Yeah. And I was okay. wondering why... And now, because, yeah, we could talk about it more. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but anyways, uh, the second half was pretty entertaining. RSL or the Monarchs were down one to zero at halftime, mm-hmm. and then they made a comeback and won two to one. Oh, against Crystal um, Palace, right? Yes. And the first goal, the goal to equalize, was an assist from Hidalgo to Jock. Nice. So, <clears throat> yep, all of our first-team guys showed well. And then the Hoffenheim game was a lot less of our first-team guys, and they ended up losing one to zero. And I only caught part of that because there was, like, a really long weather delay, and then I, like, sort of gave up. On watching it, Fair. um, but yeah, so good for the monarchs, <clears throat> and yeah, outside of that, it's so hard to follow the monarchs because, like, they have such rotation and mm-hmm. who they, they play, and and they don't really have like a set roster. No, it's like always fluctuating. Yeah just weird there's like a few regulars like moses nyman is pretty regular but then yeah it's um anyways that's basically it for news um i was gonna talk 
Well, we could talk about Aheda now or after we talk about the. Let's let's actually do well. Here, let's mention that we don't know. There has been no news about signing Ojeda. Yeah, so, it is. We are recording this on July twenty seventh, and uh, his loan was set to expire July thirty first, which that will happen before our next league's cup game if we do happen to advance. So this the Monterey game could potentially have been his last game for us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we have no news yet. And so. I get yeah, we could we can discuss why that is important after the Monterey game. I think that that give a little teaser. Yeah. A little foreshadow. But, uh, yeah, so let's talk about the Seattle game. <clears throat> this will be an interesting episode because the Seattle game was like our peak performance of the season, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Monterey game was not our worst performance, but certainly our worst defeat in quite a long while. Yeah. So, yeah, duality. Um but yeah, so the Seattle game, that was fun. <laughs> well, it was just fun to see. I mean, RSL already has a bit of a rivalry with with Seattle for um, reasons. Um, and it was just fun to see, first of all, them be so dominant against a rival and also be so dominant against one of the better teams in the league because I mean RSL has been on a pretty good run of form as of late but like this is the kind of the first time they've been been tested in that run of form um, mm -hmm. the Seattle game at least was like the first real test and they performed very well they won 3-0 and not just the not just the fact that they won 3-0 but like in a very convincing way like i don't know if seattle ever really had a chance in that game and that was also being down a man in from the 60th minute onward yeah they never had a chance and it's just it was weird it was kind of surreal yeah to be that dominant in a game um especially against a supposed to be good and mm -hmm. to be fair i have thoughts about seattle everyone is like oh they're oh, seattle they won they won Concacaf champions league but like jordan morris hmm i'm sorry not that good i i, I wouldn't say he's washed but Overrated. he's like he's like where justin miram was at with this team yeah like if jordan morris was on our team would he be starting over Saverino? No. Luna Gomez? <laughs> yeah. No, I would I would have him fourth on the depth chart. Hey, I'm going to So and I honestly think it's the same with Rui Diaz and honestly the same with Lodero at this point. Yeah, they're aging out. Uh-huh. Like really bad and they're not I don't think they're set up with replacement. Nope. So they like, need to figure some stuff out. I but. think the most promising player they have at this point is Leo Chu. And, like, 
He's all right. I'd say he's probably about as good as Gomez at this point. He's MLS quality. Yeah. Like, he's good. He's good. But, like, that's it. <laughs> I don't know of any other young talent that they have, anyone who's going to replace their, you know, their supposed, like, good front three. So Obed Vargas is supposed to be really good in the midfield. But he started this game and got dominated by Ojeda and Ruiz. Yeah. So, so yeah. in conclusion, Seattle is bad. Just kidding. <laughs> they we made we certainly made them look bad. Uh huh. And it, it was interesting because I think uh, we've we've kind of talked about this before, but like this is the first. I think this is the first time, at least the first time I can remember that we saw both RSL in possession and RSL on the counter, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was fun to watch because you, you you saw the first half and it was mostly RSL possession and Seattle was pinned back into their own half. I think it was like 60, 66% possession to 30, 33% possession for Seattle. Um, and RSL definitely had chances on, on goal and they didn't... Um, they, they didn't capitalize on them. And I think that Seattle is not necessarily used to that. They're used to dominating the games. So when they came oh, out, yeah. When, yeah, when they came out at halftime, they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to put our foot on the gas and we're going to dominate this game. And then as soon as they did that, and as soon as they committed numbers forward, RSL just burned them on the counter. Like mm-hmm. it was so fun to watch. Cause you'd, you'd see Seattle, like try and get into the game. And then as soon as, as soon as uh, they they committed numbers forward, RSL would just just go down and score, and th- that that's just a testament to the quality that RSL has now. At you know. At, in the in the attack, because like the second goal, Arango created that. <laughs> well, yeah, and the nothing. pass from Pablo Ruiz, like well, first it's the pass from inside our own 18-yard box. Yeah. And then, like, we haven't had a striker that has the ability to just take that and score uh-huh. in so, so long. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch, so. Yeah, and it was also very, like, it was very cathartic because that was the other thing, is that very early on, you could tell that the Seattle defenders were like, oh, crap, we can't hang with these guys, so mm-hmm. we're just going to foul them yep. constantly. And... I mean, I gotta say, I thought the the um, the officiating for this one was pretty atrocious. And to be honest, I think the officiating throughout all of League's Cup has been pretty suspect. Yeah. Um. And I was telling you about this earlier. That's I think part of that is you've got officials from both leagues. Um. You have two different like styles of play coming from each league different intensities, different physicality levels. And it just makes things get a little weird. Yeah. Um, But I mean, there were a lot of foul calls (laughs) that we could have, could have, and maybe should have got in the first half. Yeah. And Seattle, especially Reagan kept getting away with like a tug here, a tug there. And, Oh, well he grabbed his Jersey, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. To bring him down so it's not going to get called and then just 
just the irony of all the Seattle fans up in arms that there weren't any fouls called in the buildup to the Arango goal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, how does it feel, huh? Well, and and this I this just goes to like a broader question that I have. I'm like, how I want to actually talk to a Liga MX fan and see how they feel about this tournament. Because I mean, I feel like you already know my position on like stopping league play for this this tournament that literally means nothing other than another trophy um but like for Liga MX I mean they they were 3 games into their season and they stopped mm-hmm. to play this tournament and on top of that they're all taking place in the US like there's not a single game that's going to take place in Mexico they're all away so this year yes this year but like do you if it, if it were the other way around and it's like and even if i knew that like it was going to be in the u.s the next year i was i still would have been like okay this is kind of dumb but that's that's just how well so you were at the monterey game my parents were there too they said that there were a lot of monterey fans yeah, I it... think one of the selling points of this tournament in general was that there's a lot of um a lot of mixing when it comes to with the fan base. Yeah, Mexico and the US, like there are a lot of League MX fans in the United States that live up here. Yeah, that's true. And I think that it was a selling point um not only to get everyone on board with like having all of the games here this year um but also just like from a from a financial perspective from the mls side of things like you're gonna fill the stadium because you know that the league mx fans are gonna show up and then for the league mx fans you're gonna get solid support even if you're not playing at home because there are so many league mx fans states so I, at least on the broadcast, it looked pretty close to fifty-fifty. The RSL Monterey game. No, it wasn't quite fifty-fifty. It was. I'd say it's more. It was more like 60-30, 64. Like two-thirds RSL fans, one-third. Okay. Um, but still, Monterey that's fans. like that's insane. If we played Monterey down in Mexico, it, we wouldn't bring. Oh yeah, for sure. And they're near those numbers, you know. And and also like if that's the selling point, like that's great that there are a lot of Liga MX fans here, but then like when we when it ends up being in Mexico, there're going to be no MLS fans down there. So yeah, well, to be fair, I am not I don't have confirmation that that's how it's going to go. I'm assuming that they'll play yeah some games in mexico next year but maybe they're just always gonna play leagues cup in the u.s and canada which would be weird but i mean if they're gonna if they're gonna you know bring 30 percent support to this the stadiums in the u.s i mean why not like it's yeah it's pretty i mean there, there were there were definitely a lot of um monterey fans there so mm. But yeah, it 
I uh, I've kind of changed my tune. Side little side tangent here, but I've changed my tune on League's Cup in general. I am finding myself a lot more invested than I thought I would be. Yeah. Um. And not just in RSL. Like I'm very invested in all of the MLS League MX matchups. Like. Yeah. And and there's been a game on nearly every single night that has been an MLS versus League MX side. And I'm just putting it on because I'm just like, go MLS. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. And I also like that uh, that we stopped the season because then there's no reason to not put your best players out there. Yeah. So I, I like, because Open Cup's fun. But it's different because you do put out your B team a lot more because yeah. you have to pick. Whereas with League's Cup, like, and your concerns are valid. Stopping the season, it's goofy and whatever. But it means that there's no reason not to put out our best 11. So. Yeah, and, and I understand, like, the whole, like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to test mls against liga mx and finally see who's better and i think we know that liga mx is still you know they've still got better teams in liga mx i don't don't know if i'd say like well i don't know it's it's still probably a better league as as a whole but like Their, their top teams i think have the edge on our top team yes but i don't think that they're like so much further ahead of our top teams that they would beat us any night. Yeah. It's like uh seven times out of ten they'd beat us. Yeah. But I do think I mean Cincinnati right now has a pretty solid lead on Chivas. So I, I guess my problem with yeah. it is like what does this prove that we can sometimes beat Liga MX teams when we play them in the US? Like if if we were doing this for street cred, let's say we're doing it for street cred, then the Liga MX teams are just going to be like, oh, well, they were all in the U.S. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know? And then when they do win, they're going to be like, hi, you guys couldn't even beat us in the, in, in the U.S. And it's like, okay, whatever. Well, yeah, that happens but, with any sport. Yeah, no, <laughs> with I, any yeah. Fan base, but... And, yeah, I probably just need to shut up and enjoy... <laughs> So I'm thinking about it too much, but you know, you know, uh, you know you, my you issues can... with it. I don't want this to, because especially with RSL coming into it with such a good run of form, I don't want this to take away from that. Because let's say they don't, let's say Seattle, you know, advances instead of RSL, it's gonna be like three weeks without them playing a game, and that can be absolutely like detrimental to your to your season and momentum if it doesn't go mm-hmm. right. So that... we just need to win. And oh, make I it to the knockout. <laughs> I agree. But then what happens when we lose that? Oh, two and a half weeks without a game. Like you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. But I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> I, I've said my piece. <laughs> I can, I, I'll, I'll just shut up and enjoy it now. Nah, we we can agree to disagree on this one. Well, it's um, fun. It's fun to watch it. It is different. Like, I'm just I'm just worried about that. 
Yeah. Valid concern. By the way, um, Club America is already up one to zero on St. Rip. I just, I just threw the game on. Um, but anyways, so back to the Seattle game. Yeah. We'll wrap this one up and then dive deep into the Monterey game. Um, the Seattle game for me felt like confirmation that we're like in a new era. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, and surprise, like there were a lot of surprising stats being thrown out before the Seattle game. We actually have a very good record against them at home. Yeah, they've only won like one time. Yeah, drawn like three, and we've won eleven or some some crazy statistic like that in the last eight years or something. Yeah, which is weird because like they've had much more successful seasons in general. Yeah. Not but last this season. Looked like, no. And this year, this game, we were we were in a whole nother tier against them the other night. Um and it just it felt like a turning point for me. Um and it, it's a little bit that we have drastically improved. It's a little bit that they're slipping. Mm-hmm. But it it was like there's a new alpha. In the Western Conference, step well, aside, Seattle. <laughs> well, and and you, no. that is a good point. Like we need to mention that Seattle has been kind of struggling as of late. But mm-hmm. like for me, it was kind of like a testament to, like you said, a new era. RSL can actually contend in the Western Conference for the top spot. Yeah, like we. We have the pieces we need. We have everything that we need. We can actually play. And, you know, there's a very good chance if they maintain this form that they will be at home for the majority of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that that this kind of solidified that thought in my mind. And honestly, I'm going to say even with the Monterey game, I think I still think that like the Monterey game didn't do much to dissuade me from that. Um, and based on what I've seen from the fans on Reddit and stuff like that, there's a similar sentiment. Yeah. I'm in the same camp too. So. Um, some of the players that I thought deserved a shout out from the Seattle game were Anelli, Ruiz, Chicho, Sava, and Ojeda. Maybe man of the match performance from Anelli who, like, completely locked down that side and nearly had a goal of his own. Mm-hmm. I, dude, Anelli, <clears throat> I don't... Anelli is quickly becoming our second-best wingback, and I don't... I mean, hats dude, off to the to the super draft, man. He might he might be our best wingback. I, yeah, I mean... He's certainly first-choice 11, for he, sure. He might be our best, like, wingback at defending yeah like that like because because brody has never been good at defending but that's never been why we play him so right he might be our best wing back and i'm not counting vera as a wing back i don't think he is a wing brody's anymore. brody's good enough brody's funny because like he'll like do dumb things but then he's always there to make like the diving slide tackle to mm-hmm. knock it out and actually save a goal yeah whereas like anelli just completely shuts people down yeah. Um 
But yeah, I, I thought they deserved shout-outs, and Hidalgo and Rubin had really good performances off the bench in this. Rubin yep. to seal the game, obviously, and Hidalgo um, was really good at relieving pressure. Pretty pretty locked down on defense as well. He came in. So. See, I think I, I think I told you this, but like... <clears throat> Once Silva went off with a red card, um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now this looks like an even game. <laughs> like, right? That's what I felt. Fa- and it was because RSL ended up scoring when they were a man down. Like, <laughs> they were so much better than Seattle in this game that it took them getting a red card for it to even be a close game. Like, And, and that last goal... Literally, you could see the souls leaving their body mm-hmm. for all the Seattle players. They they just they had no fight left in them. They yeah. were like, "I'm done. I want this game to be over. I want to get <laughs> off this field. Please make it end." Like everything about everyone on that field mm-hmm. that was a Seattle was screaming that, and I was like, "Ah, this feels good." <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you're you know. The other team's up 2-0, and then all of a sudden they score down a man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, I would be that's livid. Yeah. I would I would be, like, unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, this this will come into play when we talk about, um, you know, how RSL moves on in this case. Um, but, like, really, the, the, the only blemish was the red card. And the only reason it matters is, well, it matters for two reasons, actually. One for one for the fair play, and then two for goal differential. Because if RSL mm-hmm. had, you know, 11 players on the field, I feel like it would have been 4-5-0. Yeah, definitely possible. So. um, But yes, so <sighs> that was the Seattle game. Um, Shall we move on to the Ray game? Yes, let's talk about okay. the Monterey game. This one, you know, as much as I wanted us to win, there's always more to talk about when you lose. So I've got a long list of notes here. <laughs> got a long list. And first, I should mention that I went to this game, and it was because Josh got me tickets for my birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Too bad I picked the one game in the past two months that we lost. Happy birthday, dude. Here's a 3-0 <laughs> loss. <laughs> no we still yeah. had lots of fun and it was actually really cool like to see them play against not just the mls side so that right. was that was fun I it thought was it yeah. would be a unique experience and i tried to get you um did i get you seats facing the right way like so you weren't facing the sun yes so that's very thoughtful eyes. of you we, okay good we've never actually sat on that side so that that was fun yeah well, the, I mean, it's more expensive on that side for that reason. But I like I always see those games, and especially since Apple has made it so every single game starts seven thirty local. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the first half of every match. Yeah, <laughs> there's that one corner of the field that, like, the keeper just has the sun in his eyes, and everyone on that side has the sun in their eyes till like the second half, and. Yeah. I'm like, this is another bummer that has come with the Apple deal. It's like, yeah, but... good job, Apple. Yeah. Um, to be fair, it probably it probably wouldn't have been like that for this game because it was kind of cloudy. 
Mm. But but well, still, you never know. Thanks, thanks. You for never the know with Utah. I'm trying to tell <laughs> you thanks for the tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so like you said, this game was a lot closer than the scoreline suggested. Um, we actually edged Monterey out in possession, mm-hmm. in shots, um, but not shots on target. So that should be a red flag right there. More shots, but less shots on target. I think um, if I had to sum up this game, it would be that Monterey um, cashed in on their big chances and RSL didn't. That was the real difference mm-hmm. in this game, in my, yeah. in my opinion. No, yeah, that's it. That's really it. And uh, the other, that was like number one takeaway. The other takeaway I had from this game was this was the first team we've played in a long time that we were unable to press successfully. Yeah. And I feel like our counter press has been a big part of our success recently. And Monterey was just too good on the ball for us like they they just played out of our counter press almost every single time um and i think that's actually how they got a lot of their good chances off counter attacks where we tried to counter press at least the first two goals i think were this way yeah because the last one was a set piece the first two goals were um counter attacks where we tried to counter press and they like just absolutely played through us with really quick one touch passing mm-hmm. and uh so yeah i mean i and it yeah and to be fair this is the first time that rsl has played a liga mx side that I, that i can remember and you know this is probably it might have just been like a, a tactical wake-up call for Mastroeni that like, hey, maybe we shouldn't press against the league MX side because there there is a different style of play between yeah. between the two leagues. Um, and maybe but, yeah. Well, I I was just gonna say that we definitely let up on the counter press in the second half, and but at that point they had the lead. And they just, like, we couldn't get the ball. Mm-hmm. They just possessed us to death. At yeah. That. And so in the second half, I found myself saying, like, come on, we got to win the ball back. We got to win the ball back. We were sitting back so deep because we'd been burned and, in the first half pressing. Yeah. And obviously, it's a different game at that point. I was talking more yeah. about, like, oh. Like, right from the get-go. Yeah, because, you know, let's say we play Leon in the next game. Like, maybe we don't press right at the beginning and just stay tough defensively and see how that works. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, uh, you, you live know. and you I'm learn. Torn. I'm torn because, like, one of the big things with this new era of RSL is that, like, we're going to impose our play style yeah. on whoever we play, no matter the opponent, we're good enough to play how we want to play. And I didn't like, there's a scenario where we go out and we have the same game plan and we counter press 
and we score first, you know? Yeah. And then maybe it's different. Um, but maybe it isn't. I, I guess what I'm saying is I wasn't like, I don't think it was a, an egregious error mm-hmm. to, to go into this one saying we're going to play how we've been playing. Yeah. And we think we can hang with these guys. Um, but I mean, they're really good. They're just yeah. really good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> like, I mean, they're a quality side, and they certainly show that they had quality. But see, I don't think that they were like miles ahead of RSL. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I I think that like RSL could hang with them, and it's just a oh, matter yeah. of of taking advantage of the chances that they because they had they there were opportunities that rsl really should have scored like they were just like you know bad marking or rsl just you know would outplay them out outpass them out possess them and they should have scored but they didn't mm-hmm. so i can think of three mm-hmm. clear cut chances that should have absolutely been goals rubin in the first half yeah that he just muffed it um Chicho had her off the crossbar and then the Savarino cross to Chicho in the 18 yeah. that was like just barely in front of him. And so he had to stretch and he sent it over the mm-hmm. bar, but he was 100% unmarked and right see, at the penalty spot. And so, if that, if that pass is yeah. right on, like even, even with the pass, how it was, it should have been a goal. All three of those should have been goals. Mm-hmm. Hands and, down. And, I want to I want to get back to to that specific one in a second, um, mm-hmm. but there's there's also one that you didn't say, and that was do you remember Vera's open header in the box that he totally? Oh my goodness! How how do you head it into the ground so hard that I it bounces know. over the goal? See, that's why we didn't have any shots on target because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vera literally did that. So like mm-hmm. and. So yeah, I don't think that RSL was without their chances. Um, Monterey just took advantage of theirs, and specifically with that that chance that you mentioned, where when Savarino crosses it to Chicho and he just hits it, that to me just screams fatigue. Because oh yeah, if if they're you know if they're sharp and they're ready to play then um Sovereigno makes that like that pass per because we've seen him make passes like that perfectly every single time but this one he just overcooks it a little bit and the only I, I just I just think that they were tired at that point I mean I feel like they yeah. were tired throughout the entire game and we're gonna that that gets us into like Monterey didn't play a game in the last three days whereas RSL did which is another factor. This was our second mm-hmm. game, and, and this was their first. Yeah, and so, and this is kind of the first time that we've seen Pablo. Um, he he basically rolled out the same starting lineup that he did against Seattle. There were a few changes, but it was basically the same. Um, yeah, he he basically only rotated what he had to. And I don't know if you heard this because you were at the game. Crylock was supposed to start instead of ruby over bean and he tweaked his ankle yeah. in warm-ups and so they they took him 
Um, so yeah. it was going to be Chicho and Crylock, which I would have been a lot happier. With. Yeah, but um, it, it's interesting uh, just because like the key pieces. This is the first time I think we've seen him not ro- rotate the key pieces. Like talking mm-hmm. Saverino, Ruiz, Chicho, Luna. Like they all played. They all started both games. Yeah, so, and I was really surprised the midfield. Mm-hmm. It was the like same. Ruiz and Ojeda. I mean, we ask so much physically from our central midfielders. Yeah, I thought for sure we were going to see at least Palacio, if not Lawful as well. And but th- and that then, was that was the interesting because yeah. I don't think the 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 center midfielders were the problem. I think they both had a really good game. Um, yeah, it, and. Our, our back line struggled, specifically yeah. the left side of the back line. Mm-hmm. Oviedo and Vera, there were communication breakdowns. And to be honest with you, a lot of people were going after Oviedo. And look, he's not as quick as he used to be. Um, You can tell that he's old. He's on the tail of his end of his career. Whatever. He didn't have a fantastic game, but I thought Vera had a worse game. Yeah. Um, and like, literally I was saying that in the first half and they pulled up the graphic of like their attacking channels and left, right, 20% or both wings. So the far outside channels and then the left middle 20% also the right middle channel, 40%. Yeah. So all, almost half of their attacks were going directly at Brian Vera. And they they kept making their strikers kept making diagonal runs in front of Glad and behind Vera to the mm-hmm. corner, and his awareness just wasn't there. Like he wasn't picking up on those runs behind him. And I, part of that's communication. Part of that is he just needs to be more aware. And I did wonder after this game. You know he has the physical build for a center back, but is he mentally? Does he think like a center back? That's yeah. that's what I was wondering after this game because there were just some like awareness thing where Justin Glad is in the right place to make a play and like stop an attack and Brian Vera wasn't. Yeah. One. Like he was consistently not where he needed to. Um I mean, yeah, not there to is... mention the almost red card he got. <laughs> <laughs> so dude okay i was so confused when they were reviewing that mm-hmm. because i was like you can't review that you like because because i thought they were reviewing whether he was on sides or not they and, were well no what they ended did, up reviewing did they say did they say differently in the stadium because the announcers on the broadcast said that they were reviewing whether or not it was offside no no okay so you 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 can't actually do that you can't so if it's just offsides you can't review whether it was offsides or not if they call offsides on the field that doesn't go to var what they were reviewing unless the goal is scored unless a goal is scored the only the only thing you can review it there it's like possible red cards possible penalty kicks and possible all of those things in the lead up to a goal. So mm. what they were reviewing was whether he was on sides because if he was on sides, 
then Vera possibly committed a he denied a goal scoring opportunity. Right. But they so, ended up calling it offsides. Yes. So they were reviewing whether he was onsides. If he was onsides, then Vera was most likely going to get a red card for denying a goal scoring opportunity. They determined mm-hmm. he was offsides. So Which were... is crazy because uh-huh. literally everyone was like, dude, he's onside. Oviedo's keeping him onside. Or okay. There were there were two possible and we don't I don't know if we know. I I did go back and watch the first half, but I don't know if it was really clear. Um it it could have been that it wasn't they determined that he didn't deny a goal scoring opportunity. It was a foul, but it wasn't a red card. And so then it goes with the the call that was that was made the on the call field. that's on the field. Yeah, that that must have been what it was. I think that yeah, I think Which that's what it was. Which is crazy because who were they saying was there to recover? Oviedo and Glad were behind both of the players, both Vera I, and the. That's I don't know, that, I, or maybe see, they. That, that was one of those questionable calls where it went our way, but I was like, I have no clue why that was called in that way. Like, that was goofy. I thought that was a goofy officiating decision. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and this is kind of where I have a problem with VAR because I'm like, I don't understand the difference. Like, why are you going to differentiate between calls? Why not? review everything right and like because either way um they're shafted uh monterey was shafted with this call because Mm -hmm. he was either not (laughs) offsides and they called offsides and then they didn't get the foul or it like you see what i'm saying it's this it was the same it was the same with Remember way back when when RSL played Minnesota, and they they had called yeah, the penalty. Yeah, yeah, they had that, called and the they penalty. They gave it as a goal kick. Yep. Yeah, because the ref made a stupid decision and said because if they would have called the foul outside of the box, then they could have reviewed it and said, oh wait, this was actually a penalty, or they could have left it alone and said, yeah, mm. this isn't. But because she called a penalty first, RSL didn't end up getting the attacking set piece and it was just a goal kick. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, why do we have VAR if we're not going to review stuff like this? Yeah. Yeah. The officiating in this entire league's cup has been for sure. And I'm with you on the VAR stuff and I'm sure in three years, VAR will be completely different though. So. <laughs> yeah. We're just, They're always changing. It. I'm living ahead of my time is what's going on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so all in all disappointing to lose this one. Um, but I thought we were competitive. I thought we hung with arguably the best team in North America. And, um, yeah, we still have a very good chance of advancing to the knockout. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about that. I was well. Hold up. There's one. Oh. There's one more thing I wanted to mention. Okay. Um, in Pablo Masterini's post game presser, he said 
Monterey's decision-making was faster than anything we've seen in MLS. And I thought that summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Where, like, especially in those moments in the first half where we were initiating the press, they, like, two, three seconds, one-touch passing direct up the field. I mean, the the uh, quickness with which they were counterattacking mm-hmm. and the runs they were making, and the, it was all just so crisp. Yeah. And we... We looked a little shell shocked there in the first half. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good that Pablo saw that. I trust him to like get everything going smoothly again. I honestly think we'll just get better from this. This is like, yeah. I mean, strength of schedule doesn't matter in soccer. I'm talking like basketball, football terms, but like, yeah. if you play good teams, you will get better. And we're playing the best, best right now. So. And- and um oh i was going to say something um like i said this this is the first time we've played a liga mx team in recent history like this is probably mm-hmm. the first time for a lot of these guys playing against the liga mx team yeah so i mean yeah it's it's a different league they and they do play a different style so i'm glad that we we figured that out in this game and we can potentially move on as opposed to getting knocked out. But I, I think you're going to see, you know, if RSL does end up moving on the next time they play a Liga MX side, it's going to be, we're going to take a different approach tactically. Yeah. So. And I want to give some shout outs to individual purposes too, before right. we move on. Yeah, go for it. Two guys that I've been very critical of. Um, Gavin Beavers and Bodie Hidalgo, I thought both had really good games. Um, I was surprised. I think Hidalgo was our best defender on the night. Oh, okay. like there, there were multiple moments one v one, especially in one v one situations where he locked down his guy, especially like late in the game. Um, I thought he was very good defensively going forward. He still. Yeah. He's a little iffy and was, loses the ball a lot more yeah. than I would like. But defensively, he was good tonight. So I was going to say... i got to give credit where credit Yeah, is. Hidalgo may have done good defensively, but offensively, he just looks so slow. <sighs> that, compared it's to... his decision-making. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll dribble forward, and I'm like, the second he does it, I'm like, you have no clue where you're going. Yeah. You're you're dribbling. You're gonna get stuck, and you don't have a a release valve. And sure enough, mm-hmm. he'll like dribble into pressure, and then he doesn't he doesn't like have a pass lined up in his head, and he loses and the ball. That was the thing. It's they okay. they knew it too. Like they would you you could see oh, they yeah. would double team him like any time they, they they did their scouting. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I mean that may fly in MLS, but it's not gonna fly against, you know, better Liga MX sides. So yeah, and. He's young. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he can improve there. And the number one thing we're asking of him is to defend. Yep. And I thought his defending was good tonight. So, mm-hmm. And then Beavers. I mean, to be honest, some of those saves at the very end of the game might have been the difference between us moving to knockouts and getting knocked out. Yeah. So even though he conceded three goals, he had some really good saves. 
the my favorite was the one save where the the Monterey striker actually went over and gave him a high five. He's like, ah, that was a pretty good save. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but so you don't. I, I believe you. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll find the clip somewhere. It was like the 85th minute or something. Yeah. It was right at the end of the game, but it was one of those reaction saves where it was a shot from like inside the six. Yeah, and Beavers managed to knock it up over the bar. And the Monterey guy was just like went over and gave him a high five. <laughs> He's like, ah, that's, that's <laughs> it's a good pretty shot, funny. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. We can now move on to the future League's Cup yeah. scenario. So, um, I'm a, I'm a little confused on how. Oh, okay. Let me back up. RSL is a really good shot of moving on because. The only way that I think they would that they wouldn't move on, first of all, Seattle would have to beat Monterey. Um, they have to beat Monterey by an exact number of goals. Yes. <laughs> and see, that, we could talk about why in a second, because I don't know if I understand that. But more importantly, they have to beat Monterey, which just took apart RSL 3-0, and RSL just lost... Sorry, Seattle just lost to RSL 3-0. So that seems very unlikely. But let's say they do beat Monterey. They have to beat them by exactly three? Yes. Sorry, my Discord got connected for a minute there, so I didn't hear everything you were saying, but you're right. It has to be exactly three. Yeah. Because that's the only way it goes to fair play. So, okay, explain to me why they don't move on because of goal differential. Is it because it goes to who has the better head-to-head record? Well, okay, so first is points. If Seattle beats Monterey, we will all be tied on three points. Yes. So then it goes to the second tiebreaker, which is head-to-head. Okay. Well, if we've all beaten each other, then that's thrown out the window third tiebreakers goal differential but this is where the exact score comes in if seattle beats monterey by exactly three goals then or no it it's not even three goals it has to be three to zero no okay no it just has to be three goals because if seattle wins by three goals then everyone's goal differential will be zero yes and that's the scenario where we get knocked out because then it goes to fair play and we have the red card, yada, yada, yada. So essentially any other scoreline other than Seattle winning by three, we oh. move on. Because if Seattle wins by four goals... Then Monterey has a goal differential of negative one. And Monterey gets bumped, yeah. Got it. So there's actually a scenario where Seattle and RSL move on and Monterey doesn't. Well, let's just hope for that. But I seriously <laughs> doubt Seattle's going to beat Monterey by... Uh-huh. And see, that's that's why all of this speculation is like, okay, Seattle has to beat Monterey. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the part that we're talking about here that seems in, improbable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. And if they do manage it, there's no way it's going to be by a margin of three goals. That would be funny if they're like... <laughs> 
they're like, oh shoot, we scored four. Let's let them score one so that our self <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. That, be like, be dude, like, well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Honestly, I wouldn't even be mad. I would be like, that's just top tier. That yeah, doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Um. Um. And the other weird part about that is that like we're essentially there's no way for us to get first in the group. Yeah. So we are. Which is Either. weird because we won one, get... you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. We're either going to get second in the group or the very small chance that Seattle wins by three and we get bumped. Well, so... hold up. What if... If Monterey wins no, no, by no, any no. amount, we can, we they can, get first. We can still get first. We would have to... If Seattle beats Monterey by less than three, we'd be in first. Because Seattle would have a goal differential of negative one. Like, say they win by two. Seattle would have a goal differential of negative one. Monterey would have a goal differential of... Oh, no, they'd have a goal differential of one. Never mind. Yep, and we have a goal differential of zero. So, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. There's no way for us to get first. We're, like, locked into second. These three group... Three-team groups are so... They're stupid. they're, They're really goofy. I hate them. It's uh And if this is how the 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 2026 World Cup is going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to watch until the knockouts. I don't think it is cuz they're having more teams. Yeah, but the they're... the problem is is that you can't have four team groups of four with 48 teams. Oh. You'd need a multiple of 8. Hmm. Quick maths. Wait, 48 is a multiple of 8. Scratch that. You need a power of 2. <laughs> Anyways, a power um, of two divisible by four <laughs> times five. What divide that um, by nine, please? So, so if we're almost guaranteed to get second in the West two region, that means that in the knockouts, we will play the West three winner, which is the group with Vancouver, LA Galaxy, and Leon. And Leon has already locked down the spot in the so there's a very good chance we play leon mm-hmm. um once the group stage is over well which let, let me let's rephrase that we either play leon or don't move on <laughs> in which yes. case yeah yeah so um yeah and leon they won ccl last year right yes which or this i guess it would be this year because Seattle won last, so it would be this. Yeah, they beat um, LAFC. Yeah, so they're a good team. Another good team. Um, probably roughly in the ballpark of Monterey, but you know, I thought we were competitive. I think mm-hmm. that it will be another really tough game that is winnable. So and I'm just. Excited to see us match up against top-tier competition like that. So does that mean it will be in Salt Lake? Yes. So? Yep. The only team um, in this portion of the bracket that has preference over us is LAFC. So if we if we do get through, we will play Leon, and it will be in America First Field. And then if we win that game we'd play we lafc play... in lafc right 
Well, the winner of LAFC oh. versus South won second place. South won has Mazatlan, Juarez, and Austin. So, so who's set to get second in that group? It's not set yet. Uh, Austin still has to play Juarez, I'm pretty sure. And is basically, Mazatlan locked into first? Mazatlan is locked into So it's either going to be Juarez or, or Austin. Okay. And I'm not entirely sure if if Austin wins. Austin had a better... They finished second. So they would host. So they would we... host. So but if Juarez, whoever wins... Yeah. If Juarez wins, then it'd be back at America First Field. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we'll definitely host against Leon, and then if we beat Leon, it'll depend on who our opponent whether or not we host yeah. the next one. Um but honestly, like pretty cool that we got both of our games at home in the group and that we have a chance to host one of the knockouts. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just really digging it. League's yeah. Cup. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Is it a money grab? <laughs> yes. Am I enjoying it? Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Like I think it's I think it's really funny like all of the stuff that they like threw into it to kind of like make the Liga MX fans and teams feel more at home cuz yeah like you know they were <laughs> they they started playing like music during like every goal kick and I'm pretty sure that's a Liga MX thing Oh really? Like, I don't know if you noticed that on 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 TV, but every goal kick they would turn on like some song, and it was funny because they were taking the goal kicks pretty quickly, so like the music would come on and then immediately turn off, and I'm like, why are you even doing this? Like, I, I never caught it over the broadcast. Yeah, it was it That's was definitely and like the Liga MX thing is like a um a a Latino style of music is called cumbia. Okay. But like mixed with Lil Nas X or something like that. I don't know. But like, hey, but like they're, they're like, like doing... trying to uh-huh. mix Liga MX uh-huh. and, and American. And it's culture. really, I, I just wonder oh, how the gosh. Liga MX fans like, they're like, it's okay. Like, this is, this is your <laughs> home now, too. You, you live here now. Yeah. Well, I applaud the effort whether yeah. or not it succeeds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, there have been some shocking performances so far. I was pretty surprised at how terribly Austin <laughs> did right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. Um, and then I thought Portland was going to beat Tigres last night, but uh, Tigres would come back to secure the victory and win their group. Um, yeah. And, um, let's not forget Miami. Oh, boy. It looks scary. Yeah, messy. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about this, but I also did. Like, I don't want to talk about it because that's all anyone's talking about. And And uh, everyone in MLS is like, Miami League Soccer, we are messy. (laughs) Messi is I haven't, I haven't MLS. heard that, but Miami League Soccer, Messi League Soccer, Messi League. I've I've seen all the iterations. Mm-hmm. It's inner Messi. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> but see, see, it's, 
like <laughs> I love Messi. Messi is probably my favorite player of all time. I even I think it's it's too much. Like yes, he's playing in the league. That's great. Like, have you seen all of the videos of all of the Miami fans leaving as soon as Messi gets subbed out? Yeah. Like, which, which, I, I saw people online being like, "Look, it's the when did he get subbed out? Seventieth minute? Yeah, something like and that." They're, okay, yeah, they're up three they're zero. Up four, okay. Or three or four to zero. Yeah. Like, I guess I guess I didn't consider that, but like, everyone. Yeah. All the, all of these things are like Messi only needs twenty seven more goals to become Miami's top scorer, and I'm like, okay, twenty seven <laughs> goals in what twelve games that they have left in this? Like, okay, yeah. I mean, technically yeah. you're correct, but <laughs> but I I watched the Atlanta game and yeah, what the world were they doing? giving the entire Miami team that much space. It was like the superstar effect where Atlanta was just scared. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ah, I'm not going to play defense like I usually do. I'm scared of getting embarrassed. And so then they got embarrassed even worse. Yeah. That, Messi's wide open inside the box. No one's covering his run. Busquets isn't getting pressured at all yeah. the entire game. Like, and I get it. Atlanta's one of the worst defensive teams in MLS already, but they could have done better. Like yeah. it was just, it was weird. And because Messi's there on that team and drawing so much attention, all of a sudden Miami's role players are looking like, Mm-hmm. freaking stars out yeah. there i don't know who that one dude's name was but Taylor. he had two certified bangers and i was like yeah is he good or is he just like benefiting, benefiting from, benefited, benefited from the space. messy effect yeah yeah um but i tell you what they if we played miami right now i don't know if we'd win <laughs> and see i i was I, <laughs> I was telling olivia i was like before this was before the um the Monterey game, obviously, but I'm like, Miami and RSL are looking like the best teams in in the tournament right now. Yeah. Um, just because RSL won so handedly against Seattle, and then, you know, Messi. But before um, Monterey slaughtered us. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously that's the, I, that's not true anymore. But yeah, Miami is scary, and if if RSL wins in the open cup against Houston, there's a chance that they will play Miami in the open cup final. Yes. I, I want that to happen so bad. And mm-hmm. I think that right now that's our best chance of getting CONCACAF champions league. A birth. Yeah. You I don't think, think we're going to win the, we could win the Western conference. We could, we, we certainly could. Um, I still think we have a shot at league's cup um oh yeah yeah i'm not counting us out of league's cup but like the the easiest way we get to the 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 ccl yeah it's got it's i can see the argument for that either winning the western conference Mm -hmm. or open cup yeah for sure i mean we're i mean we're we're two games away from open cup so i understand why it's like oh yeah that's the easiest one right now but 
Mm-hmm. We still got it. We still got to either go through Houston and then either Cincinnati or Miami, which are not not great options. <laughs> yeah, that last game will be tough, but yeah. I think Houston we should be expected to win that. I th- yeah, I think you're right. Um, but I guess actually, sorry, this episode's going really long. But that was one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, like expectations for the remainder of the season. I expect us to win one of those like western between, conference or or well league cup, cup game. open cup mls cup western conference out of, of those four i expect us to at least win one yeah like i we we have reached the level of play where we should be in the running for all of those and while it's not very realistic to think we'll win all of them i think it's realistic to expect us to win at least one mm-hmm. I think um, I think we've definitely we sh- got a top four finish. Yeah. In this season, I think we've got that locked down. Hmm. Um. But yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy the turnaround we've had. I know, and just imagine, <laughs> like, I was I was doing some math. If they continue this form, there are what like twelve games left in the season. If they mm-hmm. continue this form, they will have 50 58 points 55 points which that's good yeah that is oh no it was it was it was 65 65 points which yeah i mean and that brings up the supporters shield which i think is a long shot because cincinnati's so far mm -hmm. ahead but it's not like impossible they definitely like they're definitely within striking distance of the first seed in the West. Um, mm-hmm. And to, to put to put 65 points into perspective, um, New England's record-breaking season that they got in, oh, was it 2021? Yeah. That was, I think they had like 76 points when it mm-hmm. was all said and done. So, Which, like... That record was broken last year, though, right? Was it? By LAFC. Are you sure? Maybe it was. I don't know if I believe you. Let me let me look. We can just switch. And it. I feel like Cincinnati's on pace to break it too. It was not broken by LAFC. LAFC had sixty-seven points. They were miles ahead of anyone else in the Western Conference, but they didn't. Let's go back to twenty twenty-one real quick. All right. Seventy-three. Fair. Seventy-three points. That was New England's record-setting mm. um, season. So look at you. That's a good memory. I'm, I'm, you're only one game I'm, off. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, you're right. I was like, I was like, what are you talking? I'm looking at, I'm looking at the standings right now, Josh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, you guessed yeah. 76. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, anyways, um, it feels we should we preview Leon, even though we don't know if we're going to be playing them? I mean, I feel like we've, I kind don't know of... that I, yeah. I don't know that I'd have much to say. Yeah. Really. It's fine. I mean, we'll we'll have lots of rest because we won't play over the weekend. Um I am I'm watching the Seattle Monterey game with my friend Jose, who's a Seattle fan. <laughs> uh I will be rooting for Monterey. Me too. But I don't know if actually, I'm gonna watch well, that game. I'll be camping. It it doesn't matter. I can root for Seattle as long as they don't win by three. So yeah um 
but yeah, we kind of just have to wait and see. I think you we'll should root for Seattle to win 11. by four. That way, <laughs> yeah, knock out Monterey. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm good with that. That would make the rest of the competition easier for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hopefully we advance to the knockouts and we have more stuff to talk about next week. Also, hopefully we've signed Ojeda by then. Yes. Um, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. But yes, until then, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Yep, see you next time. <laughs>